Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, <laughs> it would be a Wolves fan, eh? I'll go full. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's betterhelp.com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Joining me tonight to talk about Wolves uh, FA Cup draw with Brentford. I've got Stu, I've got Tom, I've got Jeffo. Part of me was worried we'd have nothing to talk about on this Friday night, uh, but thankfully the football gods have delivered and we get to talk about VAR and crap <laughs> officiating, gents. Um, big thanks to everyone who is joining in live um, right now on YouTube. Uh, make sure, of course, you like, share and subscribe. It really helps grow the channel. Anything, um, I'll try and share as many of the comments um, that we have. There have already been quite a lot, um, particularly referring uh, to where um, Jared Gill should be going. Um, so <laughs> it's going to be a fun show, gents. Um, let, let's just start off like we always do, just because I know we've got a lot to kind of cover in a, a relatively short space of time. Uh, starting lineup, a little bit out of a uh, little bit out of left field. Um, was it? I think, I think he... Doc, a Doc at left wing back. Well, yeah, but he has he's played there about four times already this season now. He's and our former player of the year in that position, remember? Respect on his name. Um I think that that is probably the only one. I mean, the rest kind of picked itself on what we were kind of talking about leading up to the game anyway. Um the the biggest plus was Saar being in goal because if Bentley was there, we would have been fucked. Yes. Mate, to be fair, Saul Sa- was fantastic tonight. I thought, in terms of what he actually kind of had to do and um, being legitimately one of the greatest heels I've seen in a lot <laughs> in a long time. Um, d- at the end, like just because I don't know, like it felt particularly like actually no. To be honest, from the ninth minute on- onwards, there was that, there was a bit of tension in the air um, in the game because Brentford are a shitty team. Yeah, he loves it at that place, though. He absolutely loves it. Of course, he does. When 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 your own TikTok account's putting out wrestling memes of (laughs) Keeper from previous seasons, and it's completely legit as well, you think, well, they're not going to be very pleased with him, are they? It's almost like like their version of Ben Foster for us. Yeah, nothing. I was going to say nothing can quite get that bad, Um, but. was anyone 
disappointing to see Neto not start. Or I mean, it did sort of turn out that it was quite a good um, ace at the sleeves. Um, but a bit of a shame not to see him start, given um, we hang Frank um, going on international duty now. I didn't expect him to start, to be honest. I, I thought he was going to be eased in a little bit. I mean, how long did he have the other day? About 10 minutes. So I think it's unlikely he was going to go straight into to starting. Plus it means you've got, like you said, a massive, um, like Ace will be sleeved basically, yeah, to bring off the to bring off the, uh, off the the bench. Um, and it worked well because he got a good, what, I think he came on about 55, did he? So I think that's a good amount of he minutes got, he's, he's got. He, yeah. yeah, he got a real good chunk of the, um, of the second half. It, I don't think you could quite class it as a cameo performance um, by Neto. And he definitely didn't look a step off as well, which was quite positive. Yeah, oh, I thought um, exactly the same, yeah. Yeah. Um, let, let, let's get right into it because I mean I could talk to you about the subs benches and the fact that oh Mosquera's back but he might be going off elsewhere and Joe Hodge is uh, seemingly slipping back in. Um, there's, there's nowhere kind of really else to start, is there? To be honest, um, Kuna probably should have scored in the first few minutes. <laughs> Good opportunity, yeah. and that's the thing is it, it, what we're seeing now with all sides is we're trying to play on that front foot and we're trying to win the ball back in their final third and, and you know, the chance came to Cunha. He should have done a lot better with it, really. I mean, he delayed and really in the end of it, didn't didn't do enough with it. Didn't test the goalkeeper and, uh, you know, with a block, it might have gone in, but it was, um, he should have done a lot, lot better. And the way that he's been playing in recent weeks, you'd have probably put your house on it, to be honest, in, in scoring because it, that would have been, what, five and eight or something like that. He's a man in form, you know. He should be doing a lot, lot better with that chance of making the goalkeeper work. It's almost come too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought second half is exceptional. I think he, I think his all round game again tonight was fantastic. I mean, the way he glides past people is just ridiculous. He, only, he doesn't even have to touch the ball; he just drops the shoulder, and they they fall for it every time, and he's and he's gone. Um, so I thought, yeah, all round again, he, he was he was top. I felt sorry for him um, one pretty late on towards the end where he kind of uh, rolled the ball under his foot past the player, knocked it off the netto. Um, and Kunikov carries on the run, mm. um, very unselfish run. Neto cuts his <laughs> eyes. And yeah, and he literally just goes, Come on, get back up. And he's just like, Fucking hell, he's just, he's knackered. He's quite literally dragging this team up the pitch while bringing everyone else with him. And like, let's say, in the Dharma Traore or whatever. And he's just getting down, Yeah, come on, get back up, do it again. Um, but no, it was, it was a shame. Um, but yeah, I, ah, let, let's get let's get into a real controversy. Um, circle red cards, four against you. <laughs> <laughs> very retro not seen one for a while um i did mention it on twitter um and gully made the good point as well originally it was well, i think it might have been after grand pole and the three yellow cards thing that if you reach it into your pocket you'd pull it out and you'd feel a different shape obviously red cards are then kept in the back pocket anyway to stop this silliness um but it was originally for colorblind simple as that mm. it's a different shape so it just helps everyone but I haven't seen one that round for years. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost like a coaster. I mean, I, I don't know where it's come from. What? Why it's here? It's a, it's a. I mean, it is automatically mocked all over Twitter straight away for for being, even just existing. Um, and that whole thing of Sarabia looking at it is just genius. But yeah, that that was the reason why they were circular in the first place. But. Just there you go. Maybe nice that's thing. maybe that's the reason why he got sent off because it was just a great chance to show off a circular yeah. red card. Look what we've brought back. Yeah. You, you want tradition in the FA Cup? We'll <laughs> take your replays away. You can have your circular red cards back. <laughs> my, my issue with the circular red card is that in theory, like you feel like a card should go into a ref's notebook, shouldn't it? It like should all be neatly stored, per you know, nice and lined. I don't see how you can do that with a circular red card. I know red cards traditionally should be in back pocket as well, though. Maybe but he didn't have a back back pocket. He's got to have a back pocket. He's a referee. Maybe, maybe he was. He was. <laughs> oh, angry, angry video game nerd, and everything was there. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. Um, but there, there was a reason why he did pull out the red card, um, and it was 
um, for Shao Gomez, and uh, I've I've watched this back a lot of times now, and I still don't quite know where to sit on it. Part of me thinks it's a crap tackle. It, 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 it's poor. He's nowhere near the ball. He's never going to get near the ball. His body shape's terrible. He's but there's for him to win the ball isn't even the best case scenario in that instance. But then I also don't think it's quite enough for a red card. Where, where are you guys kind of sitting all with it? It's just clumsy, to be honest. Um, I think it's just about a red, but it's, it's like one of those. It's just He's obviously hurt the guy, but he the motion that he goes into the tackle is, is it reminds me of um the guy who used to play left back for Liverpool, Alberto Moreno. He just he stabbed at the ball. It was it was silly really. And, and you know, you, you give yourself the, a chance to get sent off and you give yourself the referees a chance to look at things and to, to, to take that opportunity, you kind of ask him for trouble. And nowadays they look at things like that and they say it's serious, serious foul play, they're gonna give it. Or not in certain cases, but we, we, against Wolves, we know we're not going to get too much. We know this, but it's it was it it just about red for me. I mean, it, it it's a it's poor, it's unlucky, but it's just clumsy, and clumsy equals red a lot of the time. It surprised me it was red. I'm probably more air on the side of it was it was a yellow, but I can see I can see why it was given. Um, it didn't it didn't look great, did it? Um, so again, nothing looks great. Slowed down, um, but I was, yeah, I was pretty amazed when he brought out the red card. To be honest, I, I knew it was going to get overturned. I think once it's given, obviously that's that's not going to get overturned. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, again, I hate using that. It's quite early in the game type uh, argument because that shouldn't make a difference. But it's not often you see maybe that given as a red card in the first ten minutes. You know, maybe if it's the back end of the game, possibly. Um, not that it should matter, but we we all know that it, we've been watching football long enough to realise that you know it does matter when when things happen in a game. Um, so I can see why it's given, but yeah, I was I was a bit frustrated and annoyed at the time. I think after last night and that nonsense last night uh, for Everton, which was the most ridiculous decision of the season by far. Even for the stuff that we've had, that was a joke yeah. uh, for Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> On first, on first view, and I didn't even think it was a foul. Um, I thought, oh, it's just Brentford being Brentford. But then you see the the replay. The the force that he's gone into that challenge with is what's got him sent off. And it looked like I thought at first he'd ripped his boot as well, but I think it's just a flash of the colour on the side. Um, that well, that's how metatarsals get broke. It's a stupid, stupid challenge. And you just look at his. Everyone could argue if it's if it's harsh or whatever. That still's not the best. But you look at his his reaction straight away, and he puts his hand hand, yeah. hand head in his hands on the floor. He knows what he's done. But to see the red <laughs> was a shock. But then you see the replay, and you think, well, we've got absolutely no chance of getting that um, appeal. What's the point? It's a blatant red. If it should be a red card, it's a different story altogether. 23-24 rules, it's a fucking red card all day long. There's no there's no debate in it, is there? It's it's reckless, it's clumsy, it's probably out of control. It's in the ninth minute of the game. It's it's but it's still a red card. And I, we all said, Oh yeah, it's it's a bit early, like Tom said. But you kind of want these decisions to be right, and for me, this one was right. Hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel I just feel I feel bad for Shao Gomez, but mm. I also, yeah, it's it, I I think it's because it doesn't feel, and you shouldn't really judge stuff off feelings, I guess to a degree. It doesn't feel like he's kind of gone in like aggressively to catch him in that way. But you no. kind of think you you associate with red cards, but it, it's still. A, effectively a challenge from behind where he just caught the man got nowhere near and got nowhere near the ball and the blokes had to go off injured <laughs> yeah um, which so it shouldn't it shouldn't play into it it but shouldn't you see that you see what damage what damage is done and that's not helped his cause 
Yeah. Well, they say they say endangering an opponent, don't they? That's the phrase exactly. they use. And if someone's gone off injured, you've obviously endangered an opponent. <laughs> so I, 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 I do, I do, I do get why it was given as a red. Um, I was probably looking at it through walls tinted glasses, but it, it, it's it's still frustrating, though. And it doesn't it doesn't yeah. feel like it's a nailed on red in the same way. Like I, I guess going in for a big two footer yeah. uh, would would be, and I think that's that's where I guess there's that conflict that yeah. I've oh. got, but. Yeah. Or are the tackles in the game? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> let, 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 let's move on to it because, like, we've we've been open and honest. I think um, you know Gary O'Neill's come out after the game and he said about Gomez's red card. It looks bad. Slow down. Um, it's a nasty place to be kicked. And I hope Norgard is okay, but I know Zhao and he, he's not meant uh, it to land like that. And it's like, yeah, yeah um, I get it. You know, um, um, he's unfortunate to where. He's caught uh, Norgard, uh, no real complaints, but it could have been a yellow. Yeah. Again, uh, but I also think that if a ref had given a yellow, I think there's a good chance it might have yeah. gone to VAR. 100%. And, and at that point, I guess we're like, if we're sort of in agreement with that, then it probably is a red card. The issue I think that a lot of people had, and one of my biggest gripes, is that not too long afterwards, what? So this is in the 23rd minute, 24th minute, is that there was another stamp in the game that was far more obvious and in ge- genuinely far worse. And I, 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 for the life of me, I don't understand um, why it, it wasn't even sort of properly reviewed. And Gary O'Neill's come out and sort of said um, that... You know, Damsgaard and Lewis Potter should have been sent off, and more, more Lewis Potter in a bit. Don't worry, but again, was this quite a baffling one for you, gents? That's your, that's your traditional leg breaker. That is, it's horrible. Like he's above the ankle. Um, he's got he's planted. He's got a straight leg. Um, obviously, the audio listeners aren't going to see it on the still, but on on that still, he's, he's uh, Damsgaard legs straight, and it's above Doyle's ankle. And maybe we didn't, again, maybe we didn't make as much of a fuss about it. I noticed when Gomez made his tackle, there was at least three Brentford players running running towards the ref, and I don't think we did anything like that. We tried to do it for the Lewis Potter one later on, not that it helped. Um, But I cannot believe that someone's looked at that and thought that that's not a red card. It's pretty disgraceful, really. You know, even if you take that incident in isolation without seeing, you know, without the Gomez one. You know, it's 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 a great opportunity to sort of even up the game if you wanted to say it again, say it like that again. Not that these things should make a difference, but again, in the world of football, we know that these psychological things do play into officials' minds. Um, so I can't believe that wasn't given as a red when he's given Gomez as a red. Yeah, I think where where Gomez was clumsy, I think you know, Norg- the damned guard. Sorry, that was just awful. That was just that was just dirty and. and and that's like you say, that's how people get hurt. And that really is, he's very lucky, Doyle, to walk away from that without getting some kind of injury. Because that sort of contact with that much force should have it resulted in the same as what happened to Norgard. It should have resulted with him going off injuries. But I don't know how they can get to the decision where they can look at that and they can go, yeah, that's fine. Because mm. consistency is the key thing. And that, that's that's the main thing that we want as football fans, and that's the main thing that we want in, in anything in life is consistency. And how you can do that and then get the same situation and a totally different outcome is kind of insane. I just don't get it. It's all we want is just something to be the same. Every time we come to it, we get something different with VAR. And what? how can we, we measure that against the previous and going forward? You just can't. It doesn't make sense. And when when you, it's not as if oh it's it's an awkward angle to look at things. If that if it gone, if this wasn't in, involving walls and Jared, whatever. We're, we're not calling him racist yet. We'll save that for later. Um, <laughs> no. Well, um, if this was involving normal teams, yet yeah. in when it gets to a VAR review, we've seen this loads of times. They'll they'll trot over to the little screen. And they'll resume, resume it on a still. They never they never go over to the screen, and it's in it's in motion. Do they? It always starts off on a still image. If you'd gone over to that screen with that still image on the screen, static, and then played the video, he'd have gone straight away. He'd have gone. So to not send him to the screen in the first place, 
is cheating for one. It's not even incompetence anymore. The bloke's a fucking bellend. It's he can't do he can't do his job properly. And we're not gonna come back on me, I'll be because it's true. <laughs> he can't work VAR systems properly. Every single time he does it, he's rubbish. And it's not just for us, it's for everyone. That that instill image, what we've seen all season long and what we've seen for the last three years, is what anyone, any referee would have said. And I don't blame Tony Harrington. He, he was far away from him. He didn't get the chance to see it, did he? It's not on the ref. It's on the VAR and him again. I think what he's done is, because he's been very clever, and the fact that Tommy Doyle is not injured, if you watch it, if you watch it at normal speed, he pulls away as soon as there's contact. So he doesn't, he barely touches him. I think that's probably what saved him. But that shouldn't matter. He's he's stepped on him, like, like Tom said, endangering an opponent. That's what that is. That's what that's clearly what that is. And it's a red card. But again, the most beneficial in the country doesn't allow it. So there we are. We move on. Next. I was going to say, a uh, couple, couple of great YouTube comments um, flying in. Greetings from Australia. Um, hopefully you didn't know uh, your boy Jared, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't even called a foul. No, it wasn't, and I think uh, even Thomas Franks... Yeah, but I think even... To- was, wasn't um, Thomas Franks like, complaining about it as well? Because I think Wall's bench went up in uproar, so the Brentford bench went up in uproar. Um, but uh, uh, absolutely bonkers, um, and still with the regular computer, red circle all day. He's right. Um my, my my big takeaway is, and again, I know it's a still, so if you've not seen the video of it, um, apologies. But that ball isn't moving. Like, the ball was basically in the same position. I don't genuinely know what the Brentford player's done. The only thing he is trying to do is overprotect the ball and stamped on the player. Like, yeah, he... it, it's not even clumsy. He, he's clearly gone to catch him. You don't put your leg out that far, do you? No. I mean, no. <laughs> you, you don't even get that in, on Epstein's Island, like someone mentioned earlier. With my, uh, <laughs> this is how all this is paid for, people. So, my friend Jeffrey, <laughs> you don't put your leg out that far to shield a ball ever. No. You just don't. There's intent there. He's gone to do him and he's got away with it. Yeah. Didn't he even Jimenez have one very similar against Man City? Wasn't that one like is it the yeah, one he got, he got sent off? Yeah. Or was it? Mm. I'm sure he had one like that and he got sent off for us. Um, and there's no complaints anywhere. Yeah. Just a joke. And I, I know it's like a bit of a thing about players kind of trying to sort of shield the ball and stuff like that. And it happens quite, a, there's been quite a number of either red cards or non ring cards. I'm, I'm, I'm sure like Bruno Fernandes at Man U's had a couple of those where he's tried to like step over the ball, protect it and shield it and not quite got it right and sort of stamped on the, effectively stamped on the opponent. But fuck me, I just I, I don't get like I I can appreciate and understand how Shao Gomez is is giving us a red, but then when you see that, and it wasn't the most aggressive, but he still clearly went out to catch him because they'd had a scuffle to get into that position in the first place, and he's clearly just lashing out and to not even go, oh yeah, let's have a look on VAR about it. Maybe maybe give the ref the other opportunity. Um. Yeah, frustrating, and I know I, it is difficult to kind of get a true gauge on this game because we did play with um, ten men for so long, and don't get Brentford dominated for possession. But I'll be honest; I mean, we, we saw them play about two, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever it was now, so we know they're pretty crap. But it still kind of, you know, it didn't. Didn't we feel like they offered even that much up until they uh, up until they scored really? Which, again, I, I texted a, a, a mate who uh, who who bless him was up the game. So said, "Is there a bigger shitbag than Neil Mopai?" <laughs> he's very Paul Dickoff esque, isn't he? He's just yeah. got that. He's just got that vibe. He's just absolute shit ass. Yeah, Arsenal fans love him, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing to like him for at least. Yeah. yeah. As I say, it seems to put me in a bad camp if I'm siding with Arsenal fans, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, a, it's a tricky ground for me. But yeah, uh, the goal, frustrating, but. Great strike. 
You can, yeah, what you, what yeah. can you do? I mean, we've defended like beavers from, from the ninth minute onwards. And when the ball falls like that and he's just lashed at it, and he goes in the it goes where the L sleeps, as uh, as we've been known to talk call it. You ain't saving that. <laughs> no one had, he didn't have a chance. It's lucky he didn't obviously he probably didn't mean that. He's just had a go. But you've got to have a go in these, these kind of situations, eh? I and mean, we very rarely do. Um, but yeah, you no complaints about that. I mean, we've done our jobs, it's it just fell to him and he just lashed at it. Yeah, I mean it's rather frustrating. It's the it's the only point where they didn't close it down probably quick enough. Um, in from that sort of dead for the ball to come out and for him to get the chance to shoot like that and for him to be free is frustrating considering that everything else that we've done in sort of the past few games and during that game was to such a high level again defensively to give away something what feels a little bit cheap to give that shot away take nothing away from the finish like you say it's a fantastic finish but just to give the shot away in such a cheap manner is frustrating for the level that we set ourselves and I think that's just it says a lot for the bar of, of where we are now with defensive performances and what, what Gary O'Neill's doing that we can, you know, and myself find a lot of frustration in that and a lot of pain in the fact that we've conceded a goal like that. And it shows that we, we are progressing, which is good and annoying at the same time. Yeah. I think, like, the fact that it wasn't, like, a really sloppy goal in terms of, like, a switch-off or a defensive kind of breakdown and that... You know, it was from the second ball. He he's done well to uh, find the space, and you know he's effectively bent it around slash through a crowd of players into the top corner. Like mm. it, 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 sometimes you do sort of have to go. Okay, yeah, it's frustrating. We are didn't close down the angles quite well enough, but the the fact is that we defended fucking resiliently throughout most of that game, and mm. um. I won't kind of pull on to, I guess, what happened at the end, but I thought Nelson Semedo in particular was was brilliant, particularly in the second half. And, you know, he is not necessarily someone who gets a lot of plaudits unless it's caveated by something like, I know a lot of people slate him. But, <laughs> um, but I've, genuinely, defensively, there was about five or six times where he just absolutely mopped it up. Um, and I, I was going to say slightly wider point with um, Samedo, which I was bringing up is, do you think like the perception has changed around him this season? Because he doesn't, he definitely seems to get less grief um, these days from fans rather than journalists who have to write, you know, match ratings. But it it, it does feel like the um, the public opinion of Samedo sort of slightly changed a bit more for the majority of fans. Is that, do you think that's fair to say? I don't think it's changed. I think they've just quiet for the minute until he does something. Mm. As soon as he had a, has a remotely bad game or he does something silly, they'll be back in force. They're just, what can they say without being, making us, they'll just make themselves look stupid when they, if they start criticising him now in the form that he's in. So I think they've just gone quiet for now. Um, but it's just simmering in the background. Uh, they're never going to admit they're wrong. I mean, there's, there's guys on the other team who I'll go with who openly hate him and slated him like, a couple of weeks ago as well. And they, you're, just, you're not going to get through to them. They're thick in the head. It's just the way they're just... It's the same old Wolves. Eh? You, you get a player that you don't like, you ain't changing your mind over it. Very rarely anyway. Um, but if he carries on, then we're not going to hear it from the vast majority of them, are we? So long may it continue. I would say my, my, my kind of uh, thinking was since it, his stock's gone up since um, Doherty's come back and people have actually realised what level he's at um, at the moment. But anyway, um, we mentioned about Tommy Doyle because he was one who did get stamped on and he effectively had to play in a one-man midfield um, <laughs> for eight, 80 minutes and it was very um, Alfred and Dye-esque. Um when he had to do it against Swansea in the Cup um, back in Nuno's first season. Uh, he was phenomenal. And not... Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about the goal, obviously, but I thought he was just an absolute warrior in the middle of the park. And, you know, game by game, week by week. If we sign him for £5 million in the summer... <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't think it's a question. I don't think it's a question of if, is it? No, <laughs> I mean, if, like, if we don't take that up, we need shooting. Just get it, just get it sorted now, Matt Hobbs. Just get it sorted. It is not world breaking money for the club, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was fantastic a, again tonight, and it's not the first time in the last well couple of weeks we've been saying that, is it? I mean, we, we have done this before. Was it John or you who we signed in the January when we could have just waited till the summer? Um, yeah. So I think... If, it was if we, as well. Yeah, yeah, it was Huang as well because he, he played about eight games, hadn't he? Yeah. Um, he scored six that, goals in about seven games. But yeah, we'll have him. <laughs> and then he went, and then he went shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was shit for two years. Yeah. So, I mean, joking aside, if we don't sign anyone out, anyone for any money in, in this window, yes, Ryan. Humble pie eaten on Samedo, um in the comments there. Um, if we don't sign any anyone, it wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing to do to sign him permanently now, just to, so that we've got we free that money up for the summer. Then, even though it is five million, because considering he hasn't played hardly any football at all until the last week, um, week and a half, to have the two performances that he's put in have been phenomenal. And like you said, a one man midfield against a Brentford side that. Albeit very badly out of form, have still got quality. Yeah. And exactly what I was just going to say a midfield full of industry, and they're not exactly fairies. Hats off to him, man. He's superb. Because mm. I mean, it's not, like the, it's not like he's the biggest tackler or anything like that, but he, he quietly gets, his, he gets himself about. And obviously, you know, you could talk about what he does on the ball all, all day. But yeah, he he didn't go hiding, and I think that's like a a, a massive massive thing. And you're right, Stu. I think PR wise for the club, they could do a lot worse than, than um, signing one of three. And still, with these, made a really great uh, shout on on YouTube comments, which is Nunes couldn't have done that job. <laughs> and no, it, it, it's completely true. And I'm gutted that we're going to miss Joe Gomez for three games now. And hopefully Lamina's back before our next game. Obviously, we've got a bit of time off now um, with a break. So you'd hope that Lamina, Lamina might be back. Well, um, ten days. But, yeah. But the, the person who was probably was very happy to see Gober sent off is actually Tommy Doyle because that's just going to extend his run in this team and further cement um, you know, his credentials at the club. Um so yeah, really excited to sort of see how he progresses. And um, as we sort of mentioned at the start of the show, Neto came on, and it did feel like um, that Uno card meme when we brought him on because it was like it didn't feel like Brentford were ever out of arm's reach from us. Hmm. Like yes, they were on. Yes, they were dominating possession. They were probably creating more. But it didn't feel like we were a million miles off it. And it's it, it was like just oh yeah, oh yeah, we've got this guy on the bench. And it literally as soon as Neto came on for the well, fifty-fifth minute until about the eighty-fifth or so, it felt like it was eleven on eleven. And well, a large second... half, yeah. Sorry, Rich. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought second half. I thought yes, we didn't have the ball, but I thought we actually controlled the half. Yeah. Right? So that's so although you know, possession you know, can count for a bit. I actually think we controlled the half. I, you know, when they had the ball, we pushed them into areas where they weren't going to do anything with it, or they put in aimless crosses, or we were just in such a like tight block that they just couldn't get anywhere. You know, any any fashion, any sort of opportunity really. And then we had nice spells on the ball, and when we attacked, we attacked with a lot more purpose. So, I think second half was a was a fantastic performance, really. Um, you know, remember the looting game when we had ten men and we really struggled. Like they're all over us, really. Uh, whereas, whereas that was like measured and controlled, and we he really seemed to get to grips with um, with the system that he wanted to play. Um, you know, with um, Kuna in particular coming deep and then driving us forward with the ball. And I thought Neto as well. Um, he looks he looked pretty sharp. Um, you know, he didn't look like he'd been away for as long as he has been. So that was a, re- a real plus point as well. Yeah, definitely, and I think it, it didn't feel like defensively we were like proper backs to the wall. It, it, you're right, Tom. Like it did feel like, yeah, they, they had the possession, but we kind of made sure they kept it 
in less usable places for them. Mm. Um, and for, for the goal, I, I'll be honest, I didn't realise uh, I've seen Tommy Doyle play quite a few times now. Um, I didn't realise he had a sledgehammer for a left foot. That was something I learned new today. I didn't know that before today. But it turns out he did. But it was actually a really nice little move by Wolves because you know you could see them not necessarily wanting to, uh, you know, just cross it into the box and maybe not win it. So actually, to kind of have a, you know, a, a little bit of a set piece routine was was very welcoming to kind of get out to Doyle and then obviously slammed it into the back of the net. Yeah, one hell of a strike and and. Uh... A little bit of trickery, like you say, is probably what we needed against a side like Brentford. You know, they're they're a big, big side, big units all across the pitch. Pumping the ball into the box just it doesn't work against them because they are organised and it's what they're good at. So pu- pushing the ball out, now getting it across quickly. But yeah, Tommy Doyle, um, he needs to show that a little bit more often, please. Thank you. That was one mm-hmm. hell of a strike. I loved that. That was you know it's, it's refreshing. We haven't seen that since Ruben was here. And we didn't see enough from Ruben because, you know, it just wasn't the way that we played football. Um, but to see a football, you know, a football hit the back of the net in such an emphatic way after an Alan Partridge-esque thriker, <laughs> fantastic. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, couldn't be happier for him because, you know, he, he has played well and now sort of, cementing himself in the team for a few weeks with Joe Gomez getting sent off is is only good. You know, it's giving him confidence and he hopefully builds on it and takes it forward. Yeah. And I think what, what you touched on, Rich, there, that the creativity at set pieces as well, which we haven't had for a long, maybe, you're talking about six, seven years ago? I mean, it, it's been a long time since we've had kind of little routines going like this. I mean, they carried on through at the half as well. There was There's a few of them I mean, where we... Nearly got caught on the break before they they again defended really well to stop it. Um, when Bellegard messed one up, but we have it's it sounds simple, but it's stuff that Wolves don't do. And it's just so strange seeing it actually happen. And when it happens like this and it comes off, it's 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 sweet as candy. It's superb. Yeah, and I think um, as I also mentioned, like it, it, it's something kind of hang his hat on isn't it and it can be quite difficult for a player like Tommy Doyle who is a you know a passing metronome of a footballer and uh, I, I I he's like he has got it in his arsenal he showed it at Sheffield United last season in the FA Cup I believe um, but he, he's got a strike in it but I sort of do think for to be able to do it at the club particularly if you're on loan at and it can be hard to stand out as well but he's not a player who grabs the headlines and unlike, you know, his midfield colleagues in Lamina and, you know, Lamina's been getting in the goals, but Lamina and Gomez are these all-action midfielders and I feel like what Dor does gets slightly more subtly noticed um, and it almost happens sort of post-game rather than during the game a lot of the time. Um, so to actually, you know, show it and I have that output in terms of a fucking great goal. I think it, it really great. I think it's kind of, you know, capped off a really good performance today, but also a series of performances. Um, and hopefully you say he's, he's got a bit of time to, to crack on. Um, but yeah, uh, a part of me was hopeful and optimistic that we'd break through and, and get that second goal. It didn't, didn't quite happen. Did it? It did seem to kind of, Wolves did seem to run out of steam um, towards the end. Is that is that relatively fair? Mm. Or, or it might have just been Brentford kind of started to push a bit more um, because yes. they, it, it was a lot of big diagonals. You know, say big diagonals. It was them trying to work uh, balls into a back post on either side. I must say, I mean, it's probably a bit of both. I mean, you take the subs away, and we had played for like seventy minutes mm. with ten men. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the fact that we were still in the game and that we were disappointed that we didn't <laughs> create more chances kind mm-hmm. of says everything about the, the performance. I mean, I, I'll, I'll put it afterwards with the Freddie Got Fingered um, gif of Proud because that's what this performance was. It was... <laughs> I, I came in a proper, <laughs> probably buoyed up and they were talking about him has pissed me off again. 
but they were like heroes. And mm. it wasn't it wasn't like the second half against them in the league where it was all camp on the edge of the eighteen yard box. We actually went for it with ten men for the vast majority of that yeah. second half. It was it's an amazing performance. I agree. That's really, really heartening to see that I think so many Wolves teams in years gone by just folded in that. Like, mm. you know, ten men for eighty minutes. Can't be asked. FA Cup. Um don't fancy a replay, I'd rather stay in Abu Dhabi for a few more days, what have you. Um and they ground it out. I think we re- there seems a real, real connection all the right way through the team now, with from sporting director, manager, players, fans. I mean, the fans didn't shut up. I mean, it sounded like that we were the home team. Um, fantastic, all game. Um, really drove them on, and um, I think it's, yeah, there's good things happening at the moment, and long may it continue. Yeah, we just to, just to point out, we are all in Ireland at the minute watching it uh, legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I very much liked the uh, Walls radio commentary, <laughs> and I know a, a friend of mine did know a way to watch the game as well, which we do not condone. Um, but it does make life a lot easier. Um, yeah, I was going to say what, one thing. I was going to say in terms of we sort of said it was a really strong performance. Is I think it's, he needs highlighting for this. Um, particularly because Craig Dawson wasn't there. But has Max Kilman sort of further cemented himself in, in, as that leader and that captain now? Because a lot of the talk at the start of the season when we weren't winning results, getting results, sorry, was, oh, well, he's not a good captain, he's too quiet, he's Craig Dawson who's captain. But surely, from what I think we said, that we would have crumbled previously you need strong leaders on that pitch. And bearing in mind that we were without Craig Dawson, that we were without uh, Mario Lamina as well, then surely someone like Max Kilman and his calmness, for want of a better term, and his um, and his abilities. I, feel, I've, I know, I feel like it's quietly kind of coming to the forefront now in terms of leading by example and players following his following his um, steps. Although I did like how he uh, did give a bit, um, there was a foul, well, a non-foul going out for court. Yeah, dive, yeah. Yeah, yeah very much a dive. <laughs> and he was probably like giving it as well. I was like, yes, Max. It's <laughs> yeah. a, a little bit in there. Um, but yeah, I, so I do think he deserves a bit of praise because I think it's really easy to follow a shouty man or perceive <laughs> yeah. shouty man in Craig Dawson. But the thing Max is, with, right. with Max, is everything that he needed to learn to take himself to that next level couldn't be supplied by playing next to Nathan Collins because Nathan Collins ain't got that to give to him. Whereas Craig mm-hmm. Dawson, he's been playing in the Premier League at a certain level. He's got leadership. He's got what Max needed to put into his game to make him consistent, to make him calm and how to control the game from the back. And now he's playing with him. He sees how to do it every week. He sees how to do it in training it's over time he's going to improve and take on the qualities that he needs because he's still a young man at the end of the day, Max is. He's still got a long career ahead of him. So getting as much of that sort of knowledge out of a guy who's in his late 30s as now is what he needs. And that's you can see he's taking that step. And that player that Tottenham really, really wanted in the summer and Napoli really, really wanted. You can see why, because he has got that progression path. You know, he, he could be and probably should be in, involved in England squads coming up. And if he's not involved in this in the summer, in the Euros, it's it's because somebody else has either had a fantastic season, or Southgate doesn't know what he's talking about. Probably the latter, because he's a clown of a manager. But the thing is, Max is now setting the standards so that he can say, "I can go play international football for England." And you're talking about that level of footballer, and we haven't said that at Wolves for a very very long time. Yeah, I mean. You talk about the last the last player to England, England Wolves player in Cody as well. I mean, it, for for all the jokes about Shorty Man and stuff like that, he was a vocal leader. He wasn't necessarily organising defence like Dawson does. But there were times in that first half, especially where you could see Kilman kind of giving other people directions and where to be and where to push up and stuff like that, which he never would have done a year ago. Not a chance. So he's. A, 
a mix of a mix of Cody in the past, I mean, <laughs> coming through with him there doing his stuff, and then I mean Dawson next to him for the last year. You're going to improve it. You and like you're spot on, Jeff. Collins is Collins, and sadly he didn't do it again for us tonight. But he deserves it. And even if he has got that weird interview style where every, every time he talks, his head shakes like, like he's on a bit of a spring, <laughs> um, which is is quite endearing in itself. Um, but it's nice to see someone who seems to be a really nice guy just be good and do well and not be an arsehole and have to be an arsehole about things. And yeah, I think captain and leader tonight. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout, out to, shout out to Santi as well. I thought Santi had a yeah. good game and, and maybe Max should take a bit of credit for that as well, because mm. um, it's not easy for a, a, a new defender to come into the Premier League. Everyone knows how, how tough it is and you know, the type of players that you're up against and, He's come through the two Brentford games who are like one of the most physical teams in the league. They go man for man, um, high intensity. And he's, he's, I think he's played brilliantly in both, to be fair. Um, and yeah, I suppose Kilmer could take a bit of you know credit for that, really, because I've no doubt he'd have to give him some pointers and maybe coach him through the game somewhat. But again, yeah, I thought Santi had a really good game. He, uh, he's getting better every game. I, I'm quite optimistic about his future, actually. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's put like a foot wrong so far. And, and at the same time, he seems to be growing every game. And yeah, again, he he's not. Santi Bro is not going to be a player who's going to give you these huge standout performances, chiefly because of where he plays and how we play. And you always hope that he doesn't have to give a standout performance in a way because it implies we're going to be battling for it defensively. But the fact that he's kind of going through these games and not looking overawed by it, he's not doing silly mistakes, he's not doing, you know, um, bad cutbacks, uh, you know, like Alec Collins against Wolves. He's doing something right. And I know I kind of have a mini agenda in terms of I think Dawson needs to start being phased out of this team. Um, But that's partly because... I think Santi Bueno is quietly pushing him now in terms of it, um, in terms of being able to compete and it not feeling like the drop-off in, you know, if Totti, Kilman or Dawson is available, the drop-off down to Bueno, I think, is nominal at best at, yeah. at this point. Yeah, and the, the further so the further we go, hopefully... This continues, and then we get a bit of a fixture pile up, and we are playing two games in a week towards the end of the season. <laughs> Drop it, giving a, a 34 year old man or whatever Greg Dawson is a bit of a rest in midweek for someone who can just slot in like he's not. I mean, fair play. Dawson played last week. <laughs> Santi Bueno was back on the bench. Mm. No fuss, no moaning. So just slots yeah. straight back in again like he's never been away. And I think there's there's a lot to be said for that, especially some of the some of the idiots that we've had in this in this club over the last few years. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's you know he's phasing out. He, he's not like forty years old. And even if he was, if he was performing like Thiago Silva, who cares? Who old he is? But the fact that we've got these players and we can rotate and it doesn't matter. That's all we want, and we haven't had it for years. Hmm. I was going to say, a uh, quick update on Craig Dawson, who obviously didn't travel along with Bentley and uh, Bueno. Uh, they both, uh, all three of them, uh, picked up injuries, all fairly minor. They're optimistic uh, that they'll be available for the replay um, or the Brighton League games. So, again, there's a bit of time, so hopefully it gives um, Dawson and Bueno in particular a chance to recover. Um, but again, you sort of Again, you hope that those backup players are uh, pushing them for those places. I guess the last instant, and unfortunately I don't uh, have a graphic of this, I might try and um, quickly find one, um, was right at the end. And again, Samedo, who I thought was fantastic, and Keen Lewis Potter, whose name annoys me. <laughs> I'll be honest. I like. I thought I, I, I decided not to mention it um, around Brentford game a couple of weeks back because... We won 4-1 and we have Chelsea. It was, it was all happy. But he's got a surname and then a dual-barreled name which has got a first name in it. 
<laughs> yeah. It's not for me, Stu. It's not for me. Game's gone. Yeah. Life's gone. I say his name was on the kettle, so I can't do that. And Stu, we're not even going to talk about who you share fucking name with. So um... Yeah, well, I bet he was on Epstein's Island. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we, we, we digress. So, Samedo, I thought, brilliant in terms of um, nullifying um, Lewis Potter, pushed him to the byline, got in front of him, did everything that he wanted, and then made a somewhat of a coming together um, on the advertisement boardings and um, Lewis Potter seemingly grabbed him by the throat and uh, to be fair, Samedo I don't actually think particularly reacted in terms of like going down nor pushing him back but um, effectively it ended with a lot of the Wolves players demonstrating to um, the referee um, particularly Neto um, that this is what's happened um, VRL checked it, um, it wasn't changed, and the ref decided just to book both players, which, again, I don't quite know what Samedo did to get a booking. Um, so I would talk about the neck grab or talk about Samedo. I just, yeah, bonkers for me, yet again. It's, I, I, again, it's a joke, isn't it? Was it checked? Well, I think it was checked because they took a while, didn't they? It was, it took um, a long time. But I saw I, the um, the game when I was watching in Ireland. The TV I was watching in Ireland. They didn't actually show a replay. It was only um, after mm. that, um, that you saw it. But he's got him by the neck. He's got him by the neck. Samado's literally just has he got? Uh, Stu's got it on the. Now we can see that, but yeah, um, he's clearly got him by the neck. And then for them to get the same punishment, so Samado's just literally stood up to him. You know, one's grabbed one guy by the neck and the other guy's just stood there and they get the same punishment. Just it's just another baffling um decision by our mate Jared. Um we're gonna keep Stu quiet on this one on uh, <laughs> on this I mean, incident. It's amazing, isn't it, that the amount of Wolves players that surrounded the ref, um none of them got booked, did they? There's more than three. Common theme. Um, the bloke's an idiot. I mean, it's a red card. You raise your hands above above chest height. It's a red card. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a red card. There was a melee, and again, you can't necessarily brand the brand the ref. He's giving it a yellow, probably justified. But again, why is he not being shown on the screen? Why is he not being said? Yeah, he's got the guy round the throat. This is a clear red card. It's more serious than you think it is. There was a bit of pushing and shoving, and Samado stood there to get in his way, which is probably why he got booked, which is got really argued fair. Um, but you can't put your hands around someone's throat. I mean, didn't uh, Casemiro got sent off for this last season? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was nowhere near as bad as this. That no. it was just like a like a a Vulcan claw grip. That was that's what that's what he went with. This guy had both hands around Samado's throat. Not saying Samado's colour of skin matters, but there we are. Hits a red card. He's got video evidence in front of him with his little Aussie hands. And yet again, he said, no, no referral. Absolute joke. The bloke is not fit for purpose. And sort of an excellent thing there about if Rishi Sunak wants to get tough on immigrants, send him back first because he's a plague on our society. So, I mean, so like the, he he was he was uh, was he cherry picked was he? So RFA have cherry picked him to come over to ref our games because he was so good apparently. He that just shows you. But, but to be fair to to be fair to him, when he actually refereed us a few weeks ago, he was good as a as a referee. I thought he had a great game at Molyneux. No one talked about him because he didn't do anything stupid. But it's, it's almost like he loses his mind when he's got a screen in front of him. Odd. It's, it's almost like he's drinking Victoria Bitter when he's, in, uh, <laughs> when, he, when he's on the bar screen. Like he, he, he can't see straight. I, I, it amuses me, it really does. Like You can give the same outcome to what Potter did and to what Samara did. It just doesn't make sense. And I, I, wish we could re- I wish we could make football make sense again in, <laughs> in the most Trump-esque 
saying that I can come up with, but like we need to make football make sense again because it just doesn't. At least before we had VAR, we, I mean, could at least come to some kind of conclusion. And now there's just layers and layers, and it's like the biggest bullshit onion ever because you've got people who just come up with these bullshit opinions and refereed support on Twitter just wanting to lick each other's arse because it's just it's it's stupid really. And at the end of the day, if you commit a violent act on somebody, you shouldn't be on the football pitch. And he should have gone. He should have just been given a red card. End of it. You can't. You couldn't walk down the street and put your hands on someone's neck. He wouldn't do it in your job. And that's their job on the football pitch. So remove him from the pitch. Just do your fucking job properly, referee. And that goes for anyone, not just Jared, who's a fucking clown of a referee anyway. I mean, it's not even make football great again. It's... It's... <laughs> Give pe- get people to do their jobs properly. There's not, it's not a problem. The law is there. The law is, it, it's in the laws of the game. If you raise your hands in a violent act, or if you raise your hands to someone above that height, it's a red card. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's written there to, for everyone to see. Everyone knows it. And it's against Wolves, and he's, he's on a screen, and he decides not to do it again. So what can you say? I mean, I no doubt um, in probably about a week's time we'll get the findings back from the independent panel and it will be something on the lines of, yeah, five out of five um, agree that it was a mistake, but four out of five also agreed that he was right not to not to revisit. And it's, it's, it's similar to like the Vinicius uh, one, isn't it, where, ah, uh, well, it's not quite... You know, he's only intended to grab his neck and strangle him, but he's only really touched it. It's like, but he he's done it. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I think it, it's a, like it was stupid by by the Brentford player. Similar, same how it was stupid by Joe Gomez. Um, it's like, what what's the best case scenario for that? And the recent one. Um, so yeah, it was really frustrating and similar. I think if a ref had immediately given a red, I don't. That's not going to get pulled back by VAR either. And I think, you know, we talk about that quite a lot, and it shouldn't be like that, should it? Um, as to shows the uh, Casemiro one, which um, from last season, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say before we wrap up the show, there has been some transfer. Uh, news guys, so it, it's it will be in the next couple of days. Um, but Eintracht Frankfurt have reached an agreement uh, with Wolves uh, to sign Sasha Kalajnic, um on loan until the end of the season. Uh, Gary O'Neill has said uh, Sasha will go on loan to Frankfurt in the next few days. At this moment in time, he needs to go and play um, uh, football. He'll come back in the summer. Similar to Fabio, and we will reassess. I'm guessing it's a two-folded one, but do we think we'll, we're expecting another forward to join the club imminently? And do we think we'll see him in a wall shirt again? I think that reassessment, um, I think assessment has very much been made for both of those two players. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, I, I, I love that phrase i mean fair enough he's got to say it but yeah that that neither of them are going to play for wolves again i think that, that's pretty much nailed on um i don't understand why he was in the squad today because surely he wasn't going to play surely they weren't going to risk getting you know he's not the, the uh he's, he's pretty injury prone isn't he so i don't even know why he was he was taken there in the first place to be honest um but you've got to think someone's coming in because i mean you take him off that bench and we had we had no netto and him didn't we really and that was it um, the mm. rest of them are all kids, so surely there's got to be at least one or two that that are on the cusp of coming in. Um, Lamina's Lamina's brothers potentially. That sounds like it's pretty far down the line, but from what I can see of that, that's just like an under twenty ones or under twenty threes one based on what I've seen so far. So you've got to think there's a couple of first teamers coming in. Otherwise, we, we're we're absolutely threadbare. I mean, we we have got the prince from Paraguay. We haven't seen anything of yet. Um, so in an emergency. He still, even he wasn't even on the bench though. So I feel like for, I was going to say with with no disrespect meant to uh, Enzo, I feel like there's a reason we're not quite seeing him on yeah. bench. It's just because yeah. it, it, the press release when we were down, it was like, yeah, it's a bit of a punt, but fuck it, why not? Was he? Uh, was it a 
Yeah, he doesn't mm. seem to have quite lit the world light in the under-21s from what I've seen either. Which yeah, is a real shame. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I said I said this to Andy when Andy said this in the group chat. I mean, we've done this before, and we've got rid of players and we're without backups coming in. But if he's not going to play him, then what's the point? It's, mm. it's it's just a it's just a waste. So, I mean, I do get the feeling that he would play Bellegard as a lone striker before he played Sasha. <laughs> um, just because he doesn't seem to fancy him, and that's fine. And it's. It's like we said the other week. It's sad for him. Uh, everything that happened. He's been here. It was two managers ago, who who wanted him in the first place. Yeah. What happened is no one's. Well, it's no one's fault. It was a freak. The fact that he's come back, that he's fit, and he's playing football again is the main thing. He wasn't that much in the grand scheme of things, really. Um, and if he goes away and adds to his value, then great. And when we get ten million for him in the summer from someone, wonderful. Um, but he ain't gonna come out and say, "Yeah, he's done here," and yeah. <laughs> reduce his value. Is he? he's got to he's got to kind of say, "Yeah, he has got a future." So, some yeah, if you want if you want to buy him, you have got to give us some money for him. Same with Fabio. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say anyone's gonna come in. I mean, it, it'd be mental if it didn't, uh, for like what Tom says. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if no one did come in at all. Um, and we we did do what I said and signed Tommy Doyle as a marquee signing. I, you know what? The sadist in me would love um, on the 31st of January, like Wolves doing a, pulling a, doing a, pulling a lead and doing like a, you know, 9.30 or whatever it would be. Don't go to bed just late. Just, <laughs> we've activated the pump signing with Tommy Doyle. <laughs> and just nothing else. Part of me would, would love the fume. Um, part of me would also like more attackers. Um, so it's a difficult one for me to uh, justify, but I, I think we will sign people. I think the club have been kind of quite clear, though it's they've not necessarily got the deals lined up in the same way I think they had this time last year, mm. where they'd spent, and partly it was because they had the World Cup as well, I suspect, but they had a lot of the deals borderline in place. Obviously, we had Kuna very early on, um, and Dawson as well would have been quite early on as well, from memory as well. Um, it it, yeah. it does seem to be that my uh, my dream, uh, the dream about that is Kiefer Moore is probably not going to come now if, if he's getting rid of Sasha and the similar kind of players, um, and it's someone who would be available as well. I mean, I think in a way, in a strange way, the fact that when Ben Burns and Diaz has gone to Sheffield United, you know, pissed me off because he's someone who I like. I like when he was in the Championship for Blackburn. I thought he was superb. Mm. Um, and he deserves his chance in the Premier League. And I think for and he's exactly the kind of striker that I think we're looking for as well, even though he's not necessarily a striker either. Um, more can you like, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it, it just points out that we've got no clue <laughs> at all <laughs> what's going to happen. No, uh, we don't. And it, it's still, you know, we are five days into, you know, a 31-day transfer window. So... It's going to be interesting. Obviously, Wolves are kind of quite clear on moving some of that dead weight, whether it's in the wages or just squad placements and or and making sure they've got a uh, slightly happy squad. But it's, it, it puts a lot on Mateus Kuna. It's my, it's my big worry at the moment, um, it, it, especially with Wang um, away at the moment. Like You're right, Stu. Like, if, he, if Kuna picks up a silly red card or whatever in the next game. So, well, who starts up front? And, you know, he's improved, but I don't know if I can quite stomach seeing Sarabia plays alone front man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting times. It's going to be interesting times, but I think that's a really good place to wrap up uh, today's show. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who's uh, been listening um, and watching. Um, we'll try it, if we have the opportunity. I'll try and do a couple more breaking shows uh, straight after games. It's been uh, slightly different, slightly fun, uh, rather than kind of giving it uh, a couple of days to breathe. So, um, oh, we have got one more question um, before we do go um, from Billy. Uh, heating Boston, your house, Stu. No, but I don't want to put it on. Kid, kids in bed. Who cares? 
He's, t- he's tucked up nice and warm. That's why I, I Dan's had a go at me for wearing base layers under shirts again before. You got to do what you can do. Heating or beer. There's, there's only one winner there. Um, for audio listeners, I'm wearing a woolly hat inside. Yeah. When Rich, when you when you accept when you accept that you're a bald man waiting <laughs> and you shave it off, you can wear a hat as well, and you can appreciate that it's actually quite comfortable. I was going to say if if it, I, I have a woolly hat literally just out of arm's reach as well, which is genuinely gutting. Maybe for next show I might wear it. Um, we'll, we'll see. I probably won't have had for haircut by then, but. <laughs> Um, one day. I was going to say, although I did see uh, my uh, one of my cousins at the weekend, um, New Year's Day actually, so it wasn't technically the weekend, um, and he was complaining about his follicle um, depreciation as well and uh, talking about if we could do a cousin's trip over to Turkey at some point. Um, but we'll leave, that, we'll leave that till next time. But anyway... Uh, big thanks to everyone who's listened. Make sure you keep up to Wolves Fancast on all the social media um, outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. If you haven't done so, make sure you watch part one and part two of Gully's uh, tactical analysis of the games over the Christmas period as well. And until next time, it's goodbye from Jafo. Yes. It's goodbye from Tom. See you guys. Goodbye from Stu. Deport Jared. Goodbye. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time.